tonight, I can report to the American people and to the world. I know the human being and fish can coexist peacefully. We were able to be all these things and do all these things because we were informed by great men, men who were revered. All men and women created by the goal, you know the you know the It's going to say, you want free speech? Let's see you acknowledge a man whose words make your blood boil, who's standing center stage and advocating at the top of his lungs that which you would spend a lifetime opposing at the top of yours. You want to claim this land as a land of the free? Now show me that. Defend that. Celebrate that in your classroom. Then stand up and sing about the land of the free. Which do you like more, Congress or lice? <laughs> Well, we like lice. Here's my eight words people need to stop redefining. Hate, victim, hero, shame, violence, survivor, phobic, and white supremacist. That America's leading industry is still the manufacture, distribution, packaging, and marketing of bullshit. So Sean has uh, spent some time listening to me babble, so we decided that we might want to actually do a cast since we missed one last week. Uh, and yes, we did miss one last week. I did not forget to hit the record button this time. So in the process of the past couple of weeks, uh, the last cast we did, we did a list of things that were sapping me of hope. Well, that's changed over the past two weeks. What I now uh, have you have is hope a, now. Oh no no no. Well. <laughs> Let's put, I have like, no, I have no, no, something no, no. else I have something else to focus on because my <laughs> list of things went from a list of things that have taken away my hope to a list of things that are just downright pissing me off. Ah, excellent, good, good. So, yeah, yes. So I figured what we probably would do today is examine my list and tell you you can you can throw in your own thoughts as to a whether or not I really should be pissed off or if there's more about this that I should be pissed off than I really am. So let's start with the first one, and it's the obvious one, and it's the really fun one that's been going on, where the White House has decided that rather than admitting that we are in a recession, they were simply going to change the definition of recession. I loved that whole interplay. You know, well, you know, people say that this is, and you, you got the 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 freaking press secretary now, and I cannot remember her name. I just call her press secretary idiot. But the <laughs> so you have you, they trot idiot girl out there, and she's like, no, 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 that's not the definition of a recession. And I'm like, the hell it isn't. <laughs> you, and they start what? bringing out sources. So and so said it's the definition of reception. So and so said it's the definition of reception. Uh, it, oh, oh, wait a minute. You said it was a definition of recession. <laughs> so what exactly are we talking about here? And they just it's the and they they point to the job number. They always do the same thing. They're pointing to the job numbers and saying, "Look, look, the jobs haven't fallen off, so this isn't a recession." That's essentially what they're doing. And yeah, but, I, but that's a load uh, of crap. <laughs> oh well, of course it is, but that still doesn't stop them from like. You know, doing the whole you know misdirection magic trick. You know, don't look behind the curtain. Look over here. Woo! You know, like there. That's that seems to be their only methodology for being able to figure some of this out. And I, it, it's amazing to watch because I'm not I'm not sure 
who's buying it? You know what I mean? Like, well, somebody like who's buying that? I, I have not talked to anyone who was like, yeah, I think that's not the definition of recession. Well, hell, that's that's why I keep throwing out the the plea for someone to please tell me why he has an approval rating at all. Other other than he's not Trump. Because mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that's the only answer uh, I can come up with. There's people out there still going, but he's not Trump. All that, yeah, yeah, and I keep saying this. My dad's one of them. He's out there, and he's like, "Well, at least it's not Trump," and and that's a prevalent attitude. I mean, that's not a lot of people. That's their go-to. At least he's not that guy. And uh, <laughs> how do you argue with that? You know, like, wow, you're an idiot. You know, like I I don't <laughs> I don't have a good. I don't have a good comeback for it because it's just like there's like they're they've they've lied to themselves enough that they're no longer dealing with the same reality the rest of us are. So how do you get them to come back to that? You know what I mean? Well, as we've said before, I'm not saying that I was a huge Trumpian fan. I'm not. I'm desperately hoping that he doesn't run again. Um, Oh, look, there's a dog. Uh, Squirrel. Sorry. <laughs> I'm desperately hoping that the man does not run again. I did not like him. I do not like him. With that said, I still cannot see how we're doing any better. Well, we're clearly, at least as far as I'm concerned, we're clearly not doing better. Um, especially not with his head in the sand thing that he's got going on right now. So I, I don't know. I, I really couldn't tell you, like, who who have you met who's just like, wow, I'm really behind Biden's policies because he doesn't have any. Uh, have you seen the the video from about like three months ago in which he was sitting there giving this whole declaration of how everything's going great and we'll see in a few months as to whether or not his policies have worked? I sent that to you. Yeah. Oh, I'm, you were uh, the one who sent that to me. Yeah. I was like, oh, he's going to love this. <laughs> Yeah, like he's like, oh, I think this and we think that and you're going to know in a couple of months, you know, if this recession thing is real, we think it's going to be a little spike and then no one will really be bothered by it. And off we go. And I'm like, uh, yeah, but, huh? but, it's, but it's not a recession, but it's not a recession. You know, it's it's inflate. And, you know, they're like and and you remember, I mean, there were there's audio clips of them out there saying that the inflation isn't real. Like there's no inflation. It's, this is your imagination. I'm calling you. Now he's having to deal with one. It. What? That there's no inflation? Exactly. Yeah, of course. Of course. There's inflation everywhere. Like you can't hide. Like you, it's so apparent and so over-consuming or all-consuming that you you can't ignore it now. So they're having to address it. Now well, they're just arguing over that. Okay, there's inflation, but it's not a recession. Well, this one bears on on the what we're talking about now, so I'll jump down further into my list that the White House is now bragging that gas is down to three ninety nine a gallon. Yeah, hooray for our side. Yeah. <laughs> you bet. <laughs> I I feel saved. I don't know about y'all, okay? You I, betcha. I don't I don't think that's something that she should that, that they should be bragging about. This is not an yeah, accomplishment. Yeah, that's never a sentence you should say. 
Oh, oh yeah, it's it's much lower than it was. Yes, but it's still much higher than it was before, and it's because you fucked up. And have still refused to admit. You know what? And I'm going to make an analogy here, all right? But just walk with me for just a second. A couple of years ago, um, of all people, a fucking razor company decided that they would make fun of their entire customer base. <laughs> I and, remember this. Yeah. Uh, Gillette, you can go look it up. They're, they had a Super Bowl ad called we believe and basically they took a very hard stance that most men were um misogynist rapey dinosaurs who abused and neglected their children now um as a result of that purely by co actually as not a result for that purely by coincidence six months to a year later procter and gamble had to write down uh, Gillette by about $8 billion. Now, they say those two actions were not connected at all because there was a great outcry from Gillette or, or from the people to Gillette that, you know what, we don't need judgment from a razor company. You can take your razors and stick it. And they they and they went on TV. They went everywhere. They did interviews and saying that this had not affected their business at all until – um, about six months to a year later, when Procter and Gamble wrote them down for about eight billion, which they blamed on, uh, I believe, the rising uh, market, or or the the falling market, or, or changing changing money currencies that that uh, globally that really kind of uh, led to that downfall, which the the entire world would have had to have crashed to affect Gillette that much, but that's okay. Um, we're not judging. Well, no, not only that, we're talking about a, a commodity, something that people need on a day to day basis. Right. So. That's, so that's what they like started. That they, that's kind of like saying that the 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 market for baloney just went bo- apeshit. You know. No. Right. No, it really didn't. But so what they did after that is they realized internally that they screwed up. So what they did is they went right back to praising men and refused to even admit that the other thing happened and refused to apologize for it because they're just like, well, we stand behind that stuff, but we're never going to do that crap again, right? And <laughs> like <laughs> once once again, I think they had the uh, uh, the, the same uh, public relations people as oh yeah, the no, they had government. the Biden administration playbook right there. It's the prototype for the Biden administration playbook. Oh, well, we really screwed the pooch on that one. We're gonna say sorry. No, that would be admitting guilt and that we knew we screwed up. So we can't do that. So what we're gonna do is just do a complete 180 and do a lot of manly ads, and that's what they've been doing. They just went right back, and they figured out that that women weren't going to support them because that's really who they were going after. They were going after women. They said their their studies told them from the 1950s. Their studies told them that women did all the buying decisions, right? Like groceries from the 1950s. And, and all, yeah, and women do do all the buying, make all the buying decisions. Men have no input at all. So we're going to appeal to the women and tell them that you know what we understand, ladies. Men are basically shit, and we're going to appeal to women. Well, the problem is um, men kind of had a say in that, <laughs> and everyone turned to their significant others, their wives, their girlfriends, whatever, and went, yeah, don't buy that Gillette shit. I, don't, I won't use it. Like, I'm pissed at them. Enough people did that that they had to change their entire marketing decision immediately afterwards. Now, as I said, this is a prototype for the Biden administration playbook. <laughs> OK, 
okay? There is no inflation. Holy crap, there's inflation. All right, well, we're, we're, are you going to say there's inflation? No, we're not going to say it per se. What we're going to say is we're dealing with the situation. You know, what situ- well, How can you be dealing with the situation if there is no situation? Look, let's not get caught up in what's truthful and what's not. Let's just get up there and do the bare minimum. Right, got it. So they go out there and they do the bare minimum. And then because they've been caught and because people are starting to feel it, they're like, all right, we're going to have to start reinventing terms now, okay, because <laughs> this shit is obviously not working. We're going to well, apologize for the American people? No, 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 we're not going to do that. We're just going to tell them they're all stupid and wrong. Well, did you hear that Wikipedia actually had to stop people from changing the definition of inflation? <laughs> no they literally had to lock down the definition for inflation in wikipedia because people were trying to just go in and say no 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 see we're, we're gonna make it see, see even wikipedia says so wow i no i hadn't heard that that is amazing <laughs> well the, the next piece on my list just because it's wonderful how just politically apeshit things are going they have decided to try to do term limits for the Supreme Court of the United States. And I first saw the the title of the article and went, you can't do that. It's literally written in the Constitution that there would not that these are lifetime appointments unless you're going to go through the amendment process. You can't do that. However, these evil geniuses came up a way with a way to not only limit the terms of uh, Supreme Court uh, justices, but also to stack the court at the same time and have it look legitimate, which is, which is once people get to be a certain age that they're going to now make them associate justices versus actual voting justices and assign somebody else in their place. <laughs> so you're, So they're still on the Supreme Court. And we're not actually having more than, you know, extra sitting members, but, you know, we're still going to finagle this at some point. Now, my first thought process was this is genius. These people, this is evil genius, but it is genius. The second <laughs> part about it is, is I would have much, much more faith in this if this wasn't coming from people who won't set their own term limits. Well, no, because that would be giving up their power. They want other people to give up their power. There's there's a difference. Well, <laughs> yeah. And it goes so much into the division that we're going through lately, which is the fact that if somebody votes against something that you that you wanted or disagrees with the way that you that you see something, the first thing you're going to do is declare that they are evil, an extremist, probably violent, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. should be and should be thrown away. This sounds about right and how we do things now. Yes. So I mean, uh, this is this is entirely within what I would consider their their box of tricks. I mean, this is. I mean, sadly, it sounds very much like something they would do. So, and, um, and, and and just so that people don't think that we're just picking on the left, let's go. Let's pick on the right for a few moments. Oh, by all means, yes. Are, are we really going to say that we don't really want to pay for the health of soldiers, especially those who you basically put next to a flaming pile of jet fuel and went, there shouldn't be a problem here. 
basically the, the the GOP voted against. And though I think if I see if I'm reading correctly, that it has managed to actually get passed. However, the GOP did a, a good bit of fighting and trying to make sure that the funding for the health care of burn pit uh, victims, as well as other first responders, um, would not get funding. That's one of the biggest dick moves I've ever seen. Mm, I would suggest that the American government has neglected its soldiers since since they were able to, for all intents and purposes. I mean, after World War I think after World War II was really the last time we because they well, saw it in action, right? They brought all those soldiers home and and you know all of them you know dispersed and all that. and they went, wow, that was expensive. Let's see if we can trim that a little bit. And then they've been doing that ever since. Well, it, it, it started with Korea and then showed its ugly face with Vietnam and has just mm-hmm. gotten worse from there. I you would know, say that's, it, that's it, probably true. You know, it, 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 it's almost as bad as, you know, I have lung cancer and I smoked 16 cigarettes a day or uh, 16 packs of cigarettes a day for 30 years. Um, yes, we don't think that the smoke you're inhaling had anything to do with that. Okay. Versus, uh, yes, I now have lung cancer. I can't breathe, and I have neurological issues. Uh, and I was sitting for uh, over a year next to a burn pit in which I was inhaling uh, jet fuel fumes for uh, a year. Uh, we don't think that had anything to do with that, really. No, yeah, no, really. That's what we think. <laughs> Yeah. So and, I, I will throw out that I am personally of the opinion that first responders, paramedics, firemen, uh, and as much as this is a controversy at the moment, uh, police officers, um, as well as soldiers, personally, I think that when they retire, they should be given everything medically that they would need for the rest of their lives. Well, you would be in a minority if you were a political figure, because most people in my personal experience uh, pay a great deal of lip service about honoring and and respecting uh, members of service and first responders and stuff like that, and then do their dead level best to screw them over in every way possible, every way possible. Uh, um, look, I'm not a big fan of the idea of like the whole Medicare for all government run health care. I mean, hell, the VA is the example of exactly why I don't want government run health care. Uh, if you've been a soldier in the United States military and you come out of the military, retire from the military and turn around and say my health is bad, they should be, you know, wiping your ass for you if that's what you need. Yeah, and that's never going to happen. No, and they, because they don't. I mean, and uh, honestly, all this is is a different way of saying the same thing. They don't care about you. They care about consolidating power, staying in power, and stripping it from everyone else so that they cannot be a threat. This is what your government wants to do. This is what your government has been doing and will continue to do until somebody stops them. Uh, what's funny. And I'm going to I'm going to diverge for just a second here. 
Have you heard about the um, what is it? The Congress of States or Convention of States? Yeah, they're trying to put together. Yeah. So and, and one of the things it, on the list of that is uh, term limits written into as an amendment to the Constitution. Yeah. And this, I mean, they're they're not even close. They're like thir- what, thirteen, fifteen states away or something like that from a convention of states. Yeah. But already they're trying to write that out of the Constitution because it's quite honestly was written in there to to combat the type of a power abuse that we're we're experiencing right now. And well, well, it's I mean, not. But, dem- but you know, if you. It's not a unique concept at the moment that the executive and legislative branch at the moment are looking at the Constitution as an inconvenience, not as a guidebook. And when you actually do have people using it as a guidebook, they are, okay, let's just call it right-wing extremists. Yeah. Yeah, Or you're an ist of some sort, a supremacist, a nationalist. A, you know, whatever. Well, hell, the next one on my list is uh, the fact that the Second Amendment and the people, the fact that people want guns is white supremacy. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I've heard that. Well, and and here comes the best part about this. This is the part I love because it just shows the, the lack of historical education on some of these people. The first gun control laws that have that were ever put in place were put in place simply to make sure that African Americans could not possess firearms. What? Uh huh. What? Yeah. Gun control was originally placed in so that is for the concept of African Americans not being able to have firearms. So the idea that wanting a gun is white supremacy. No, keeping you from having a firearm is white supremacy, if anything. That's that's exactly backwards. <laughs> God damn it. You know, some people, I, I've witnessed this. I've witnessed, like, people making anything and turning it into something, like, whatever they see, you know, sort of like the, if, if all you have is a hammer, everything's a nail. I've seen people do it with white supremacy. I've seen people do it with racism. I've seen people do it with feminism. Where like they can take any subject and turn it into this is racism. This is feminism. You know, because they just they 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 warp things in their head and then expect the rest of us to go. Oh yeah, no, that's totally logical. I, it's it's unbelievable. And we and we let them do this on television. You know, I I don't I don't know. The the, in my, uh, no my hey, view. Hey, if 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 a bomb blew up the view, I would not worry about that at all. NSA, I am not planning on anything. I'm just saying <laughs> it wouldn't. I I wouldn't, you know, feel too bad about that. I I really don't think that like the mainstream news and and network sensationalism have really done nothing for this country other than separate us and make us um, but and they've done a really effective job of keeping us from uniting against the government honestly well, and and saying and forcing them to change they've done a fantastic job of it well uh, 
look, just to take one of the people from The View, Whoopi Goldberg. About 20 years ago, Whoopi Goldberg was doing a question and answer thing. I was watching it, and it was one of the most impressive things I'd ever seen because someone asked her specifically, the question was something in the nature of being an African-American comedian and whether or not she was feeling any sort of oppression for being an African-American comedian. And her statement was very, very simply that she is not an African-American comedian. She's an American comedian. And that until we start seeing each other as Americans versus African-Americans, Korean-Americans, Chinese-Americans, white Americans, that this is never going to go away. I want to know where that woman went. Yeah, because we could use her now. Absolutely. Um, Because obviously she's not the same person. No, not now. And I don't know whether somebody bought her opinion or she's just been around this so long or maybe she thinks that that this is all that sells. So she has to do this to remain viable. I, I don't know. But whatever it is, the, you know, that but, chick, but long she, gone. But, but she was literally indignant to the person asking the question about asking about her being an African-American, saying, I am not an African-American. I'm an American. I mean, she was indignant about it. Yeah, that person's gone. Yeah. <laughs> that ain't happening. I just, I, I don't know. I, I really don't know how how we fix this. I mean, I, I know what we do to take steps to combat it, but I don't know how we fix it. Like uh, the, the, all you can do at this point to me is stop digging because there's no way forward through this. At least I don't think so. Not yet. Well, here's let's have some fun with this one because we're going to even go back to changing of definitions and saying, we're not doing what we're actually doing and all the wonderful fun stuff that's going about this, let's talk about the southern border of the United States. (laughs) The one in which Biden is building the wall that Trump wanted to build that didn't get finished, but he's not actually building the wall. No, 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 no. we're not finishing it. They're not finishing it because Secretary Idiot said so. They're not finishing it. They're just uh, cleaning up some of the mess by by By, finishing it. By finishing it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's <laughs> so my favorite. I'm like, wait, 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 wait. And, so, and the worst part about it is you see the people who are, you know, as much as they are Fox News, and I hate Fox News just as much as I hate CNN, you look at the guy from Fox News just with the look of just dumbfoundedness on his face because he doesn't even know how to combat this. It's kind of like, cause, because obviously he can't just sit there and ask her if she's an idiot. Yeah. Yeah. Which is which is what he wants to do. You can see it on his face. He's like, "Are, are, are you an idiot?" You know, it, it, you know, and it's kind of like one of those things. Like he's he's basically throwing out the the main preference of logic that if A equals B and B equals C, then C equals A, and she's going, "No, it doesn't." No, that's not that's not how that works. It's like, <laughs> no, that's that's exactly how that works. See, you're you're finishing, and you know where I'm pretty sure a lot of this came from was a couple of months ago uh, we laughed because Arizona and Texas started busing immigrants to Washington DC. Well that, that's the other part that I'm finding absolutely hilarious. They want all they want all these immigrants to be let into the country, just don't send them to them. Just don't send them here. 
Yeah, right? and we that's can't handle get, all these immigrants. Yeah, we're not built getting, for this. What you're getting from Washington D.C. and New York City. The worst part about it is, is that, I, and I have to, as much as I don't agree with a lot of what Governor Abbott has done on certain other things, this one I find absolutely hilarious. He looked at the mayor of of New York and basically said, "You, come on down, we'll show you. You know, you think we're full of shit? Come, let, just come look." And the guy's like, no, 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 I don't think we're going to have to do that. It's kind of like, then you're getting immigrants. <laughs> we got plenty. <laughs> you know, I, and the National Guard basically looked at uh, D.C. and New York and said, nope, you're on your own. Yeah. Yeah, we're not doing that. I, this is, I, honestly, I don't agree with a lot of the stuff that Abbott does. I, I don't agree with many of the politicians, that, that what they do. But this was a stroke of brilliance fine you won't listen to us you say it's our problem you say we can handle it we should just handle it okay i'm gonna pay for this and i'm gonna send them to you and it was all funny when there was like a hundred and they they all swooped in to like start taking care of them and start you know providing them resources and relocation and all that kind of stuff but then the buses and and they thought ah we handled that this you know you know bluff handled you know suck it texas but the buses just kept coming to the tune now that there have been thousands delivered. And to I DC. like the fact that they're looking around going, what are we supposed to do with all these people? And the people on the southern border are going, exactly. Yeah. The, the, right. If you answer that question, we'd love to know the answer to it. <laughs> we'd love to know because, like, uh, and it's not the problem that they're coming to the U.S., it's the the problem is there's no system available. Like, the, the system we currently have is not built to handle this, and we need to revamp that system. This is really what we're telling people. I, like, look. Rip Ellis we, Island up, put it right on the Texas-Mexican uh, border, and just start the process over again. Get them in legally. You know, like, we used to process thousands of people a day. Thousands of people a day through Ellis Island. And uh, honestly... You know what? More power to you. I, if you want to come here, be here. I have no problem with that. They're not taking, you know, things away from us. If anything, they're providing wealth and 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 work and and time and effort and all that kind of thing for the rest of us. The problem is they're all congregated in one place that can't support them, and that's a problem. So that we need to figure that out. Like you can't all congregate in Southern Texas. There just aren't that many resources for those people. And when there's no resources for the people to deal with, they will find things to keep them uh, afloat and, and keep them going, which turns out to be not so good for everyone else. So like, let's fix the actual problem, not build a wall. You know what I mean? It's like, that's not the answer. <laughs> you know? Like we get where your head's at and we know that you're you're like, holy crap, this is a problem. Yes, it is. But let's try and work on the solution, not this bullshit wall thing. That has never worked ever. Right? It didn't work Ask for the China. Chinese. Yeah. It didn't work for China. It <laughs> or didn't better, work or, for Texas. Or better yet, ask the Mongolians. Yeah. You know, like it's this is not you know, the 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 the, uh, the the migrants are gonna be saying the same thing that the Mongolians did. Challenge accepted. Right. And this isn't something that you can can manage in that way. So 
uh, even though I laughed at like, oh wow, you know, like they're they're doing this big publicity stunt and all that kind of stuff. D- DC won't learn; it won't affect them at all and everything. But what I didn't count on is the follow through on Texas. Like, oh no, the buses aren't going to stop coming; they're going to keep going and going and going and going. Because honestly, sending them to DC is cheaper than leaving them where they are and consuming the resources in that place. I'd love if they send some over to uh, San Francisco as well. Oh, I think oh, almost all of California's fallen under its own weight at this point. Anyway, people have already started to understand that California isn't what it was supposed to be anymore. And they are leaving. Like the ones who can leave are leaving. And the ones that can stay have so much damn money that it doesn't matter if it turns into a cesspool. They'll always stay <laughs> because they're the ones who made it like that. I actually saw someone. <laughs> Once again, what the wonderful TikTok rabbit hole. A uh, woman was going through her apartment. Uh, I, I, think, I think it was in L.A. It may have been in New York. So. Uh, it's possible that I'm telling the wrong story for the wrong thing. I still found it hilarious and relevant, which is she's going through the whole thing, talking about the fact that her uh, rent went up from $8,000 a month to $14,000 a month, and she can't afford to stay there, and how tragic and awful this is, and then cuts to the person who stitched in going, ma'am, the fact that you were paying $8,000 a month to begin with for rent means that no one here can identify with you. Yeah, we do not. We don't. We're not fiscally capable of being in the boat with you. Okay, it's not something we can do. Um, do you know who? Uh, God, what is his name? Lewis Rossman is. Name sounds familiar, but I do not. It's a fantastic guy. Um, now he he is actually a a computer repair guy. He owns a computer repair store in New York. And uh, one of the things that he does, but he's he's very, very intelligent and he's very matter of fact, right? He's very uh, uh, action oriented. And one of the things that he did after, because his rent in New York City kept going up, even during the pandemic when every, when when the city was abandoned, basically, there were no customers on the street, there were no customers anywhere. Um, his rent kept going up, and he's like, that's that's weird. Like it shouldn't. Like, it doesn't affect it at all. And they're like, oh, no, you know, this is New York City. And, what, you know, if you don't pay it, somebody else will. And he's like, I don't think that's the way it is. So he did what any, you know, uh, small businessman would do. He started going and walking around the city. And he would film it. And he's like, that's abandoned. This one's abandoned. This one's abandoned. Look at this. This has been abandoned for a year. And they can't get anybody to come in it. This is abandoned. This one's got a work order from two years ago. That's abandoned. And he's like, um, yeah, that's not how New York, New York is crumbling. Like as we watch, right, they're going to have to bring these these prices down. And, but New York doesn't do that, right? New York rent only goes up, period. And he's like, that's going to cost us. It's uh, the unless, same of thing. Of course, as you're California. in a rent controlled apartment, in which case you probably had the mafia already kill you to get you out of your apartment at this point anyway. So, but that's right. You know, like you had an accident. Uh, <laughs> so there's the same thing kind of happened in California. Like it only goes up in California. Nothing goes down. Uh, and because of the way those two states run, which is slightly different from each other, but still it's the same effect people are fleeing 
they're like, I can't, I can't afford this. You know, I can't, I can't be here. You know, especially in New York City, I can't be here. It's too expensive to be here. And I, I, I think California, and New York will will self correct sooner than later, because uh, it, you know, it'll be a crash. It'll be terrible, and you know, uh, but the beach is only worth so much when you can't afford to turn the electricity back on. You know what I mean? I mean, it's it's not like being the the heart of New York City just isn't as important as like, hey, man, we got all that heat and light and rent taken care of. You know, like that's that's a that's a pretty big statement just to say I live in New York City. I mean, the, these things, I think, will self-correct, like like sending the, the immigrant to, to loop that back around, sending the immigrants to San Francisco. You don't have to. It's already coming apart at the seams. <laughs> You know, New York, I think he's doing it just to make a point because New York is always the loudest on the block. You know, like they're they're always like you could send a thousand buses with with 200 people each to New York and New York would absorb it like the flea into, you know, flea infested dog that it is. It's just like, yeah, whatever. It's just like New York just doesn't care, you know, um, never. It'd be like sending them to Chicago. Nobody's going to notice, <laughs> you know, D.C. They might. Detroit. But right. But. Yeah, Detroit. Yeah, like nobody's gonna notice. Uh, <laughs> here's another one. Let's let's talk about our 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 best buddy in the entire medical world, Doctor Fauci. Doctor Fauci recently, well, actually, worst part about is is I don't know if it if it officially came from Doctor Fauci. But what you have been seeing is Dr. Fauci walking around talking, telling everybody that they need to get, keep up to date on their boosters. Mm, okay. Yes. Okay. Yeah, and let's do that. Some, somewhere along the line, somebody in the press medical world looked at the uh, Department of uh, the, the National Institute of Health, as well as the CDC and the FDA, and through a Freedom of Information Act, asked for the records of uh, um, contraindications as well as negative results from the vaccine. <laughs> okay. Now, the reason why we haven't heard about any negative results from the vaccine is because it has suddenly been figured out that the NIH, the CDC, and the FDA were not collecting this information. Oh, how convenient. You know, you can't report on it if you don't collect it. Exactly. It can't be a problem if you don't look at it. So the like reason a Dr. Why... Phil logic, you can't be big if your lifestyle won't allow it, you know. So the reason why you're not hearing about any adverse adverse reactions, that's the term I was looking for. Adverse reactions from the vaccine is because even though there's been recording of it, and obviously Pfizer has the answer and um, Moderna have the answer, but at the same time, the federal government didn't even ask. Yeah, of course. They just said, take it. Why, why would they? Why would they ask? You know, that that invites a whole bunch of problems. Like, you, you shouldn't ask about crap like that. I mean, that'll get you that'll get you in trouble because somebody's going to answer. <laughs> then you'll have to know. You don't want to know. Like, that's bad. <laughs> what you got to do is just not know. That's way better. Yeah, that, that, that one made that one made me happy. I heard that one and went, oh, yeah, that's awesome. 
Uh, formula yeah, shortages are, are still getting worse. And oh, nobody's talking still getting about worse. it. Yeah. Uh-huh. Good, good, good. Yeah. Uh, and and once again, the FBI has doubled down on the fact that if you don't agree with the if the the uh, present administration, the present administration, that you might be a violent military. Oh no, excuse me, a militia violent extremist. Oh, they've doubled down on it. Oh yes. Not only that, but you know the worst part about it is is a lot of it were flags from Texas that are now considered to be extremist symbols. Great. Let me guess. The come and take it. Yes. Uh huh. Uh-huh, as uh-huh, well as uh-huh. the uh, what is it? The Gonzalez flag or something like that. Oh God. Uh, uh, the, the don't tread on me. Yeah, yeah. The don't tread on me. Those are Texas like symbols of of Texas. Yeah. Yeah. So well, basically they're saying that if you're a Texan who's not from Austin, you are a violent extremist. Uh, if you have the Betsy Ross flag, you might be a violent extremist. Actually, this is the almost Betsy kind of... Ross flag, the one with the circle and the 13 stars. Exactly. Holy crap. Yes. Uh, this is almost turned into almost like a Jeff Foxworthy routine. You know, <laughs> you <laughs> if, might be a terrorist. If, if you if you if you know the Constitution, you might be a violent extremist. <laughs> if you if you are in favor of the Second Amendment, you might be a violent extremist. God, I love the FBI. They've still got their shit together. Yeah, well, the the list of things leaked. If you if you want to go look it up, it's once again long and distinguished. But there's like basically quotes, and what they are quotes is from the Constitution. That if you hear them, the person they're coming from may be a violent extremist. Uh, symbols and flags and such that if you see them, you might be a violent extremist. Um, I mean, hell, the Punisher logo is on there. That's a comic book. <laughs> Dangerous. Dangerous. Let me guess. Let me guess. Is the Spartan logo. Oh, yes. Yes. Yeah. Yep. The, yep. Yep. They're just That's... picking shit that people put it like they went to a gun show. I, I'll tell you exactly what they did. <laughs> they went to a gun show in Texas and they looked around at all the symbolism and all the flags and all the stuff that are around it. Because what you're describing right now is all the paraphernalia and swag at a gun show. Because they've got the Spartans. They now the only things you've left out is U.S. military stuff, like Semper Fidelis, uh, you know, the Marine Corps stuff, and, and some of that thing. And, uh, but uh, what I, you're describing, I, I don't believe is, that was on the list. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure it wouldn't be, you know, because they don't want to pick on on servicemen. But what you're describing is all the swag and all the stuff and all the things you find etched on guns and and flags at a gun show. That's it. I swear to God, that's it. Uh, when you come down here, whenever that is, we'll go to a gun show and I'll show I'll be able to you can look up at the top of every stall and find these symbols. OK, I mean, this is this is verbatim. Somebody went to a gun show and went, all right, all these people are right extremists. We're going to say they're all terrorists, you know, and, and like they just went. they made the playbook from that. The worst part about it is, is the one who was grilling them on the set, grilling the head of the FBI on the Senate floor was your your good old buddy Ted Cruz. Um, oh God, yeah. Ted Cruz did not grill anybody about anything ever. But I but the, but but the worst part about it is, is now that you're saying it, it was kind of like they just basically decided that Texas is a militant, militant extremist. Yeah, now we're all militant extremists down here, oh, down oh, to oh. the the lowliest five year old. They're it's all militarized. Unless, of course, you're from Austin. 
Well, and that is the exception, you know, because those those good Austinites who are who are leftist leaning and California refugees, they are super our boys. Everybody uh, else, though, not I was. So much. I was in Washington, D.C., and uh, this is another one of the ones that pisses me off, and saw something that made me go, oh, yeah, the press is awesome. Mayor Pete, our uh, transportation secretary, who's been telling everybody, you should just drive by an electric vehicle. You know, how wonderful it is that he doesn't have to worry about this because either he has his electric vehicle or he drives, he rides his bike to work. Mm, okay. Awesome. Okay. Good for him. Good. Good for now, him. Yeah. If you when the part that I didn't recognize until I was driving past it in Washington D.C. is that if they were to pan the the news camera out, what you would see is even though you've got uh, Pete Buttigieg, Secretary of Transportation, riding his bike to work, in front of him and behind him are two suburban SUVs burning up as <laughs> With much gas security as security team. <laughs> Just, just burn it up with that gas. Oh man, I love. Uh, you know what? That is that is priceless, priceless. Plus the camera car, making sure that he can do it. You know, making sure they get it on film that he's doing it. Schmuck. No. <laughs> uh, it's so great. Can you find any sympathy in your heart for Brittany Griner? Do you know who I'm talking about? Uh, that's the Russian basketball fiasco that uh, that she brought drugs to Russia and they sentenced her to nine years if memory serves. Y- yes, and everybody is up in arms that the, the the Russians would enforce their own laws on, you know, it, it, she ought to be happy that she didn't go to Singapore. They'd have killed her. Look. She was the one who's saying, you know, that America was unjust and, you know, the other countries weren't like this and everything. I'm glad she got a taste of freedom in other countries. I mean, like this is I mean, she didn't like how how we dealt with things. See how you like what Russia does. Um, Don't get me wrong. I I don't actually think that marijuana should be illegal at this point, much less CBD oil or anything like that. But that's a right that I have in the United States of America as an American citizen, if I want to go to Russia and start spouting off what I think my American rights should be, they're going to shoot me in the head and feel justified. Yeah, not feel bad about it at all. Um, With her, like, her big thing is, I didn't know what I was doing. It's like, actually, yeah, you did. What you did is you made the error that you thought any leeway sympathy or or uh privileges that you had in the united states for being a celebrity a professional athlete a woman whatever uh transferred to other countries who don't give a shit about you and when you're traveling abroad you need to understand you are subject to their laws their customs and their way of doing things and just because you are famous or quasi famous although i had never heard of her uh, until the seven, because I don't follow the NBA. See Bill Burr. Uh, I don't follow the the WNBA. Uh, I don't like this. Didn't transfer to Russia, okay? And Russia isn't friendly towards women in the first place in a legal sense. So I don't know what you weren't thinking, 
but you should have at least done your research. Like if you told me or you tomorrow that we're going to Russia soon, what's the first thing you're going to do? First of all, you're going to try and go, I don't want to go to Russia. Second, you're going to do, <laughs> okay, what do I have to know? Right. You will be you will be as much as you can a Russian customs and law expert by the time your feet leave your na the land of your native birth, because they do things differently there. And uh, sort of like uh, from from Star Trek uh, Bones to Jim and Jim, they don't exactly like you. Uh, <laughs> um, that the, like nobody likes Americans. Okay, and I'm really positive they didn't like the 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 American WNBA in Russia. This is not something they wanted to promote. This is not something, and they looked and and believe me, the Russians looked for any excuse to to jail these chicks or or shut them up. So the fact that she got tagged and well, then well, she, not only that, but the moment she looked at them and went, "But I'm an American," they went, <laughs> "Yeah." Step over here, <laughs> you know. Like, of course they did. Of course they did. So, no, I don't. Um, I don't have any sympathy for her Sh at all. Cephalus. Yeah, uh, like none at all, really. Uh, just because I, like, she was making some very, very incorrect assumptions that. Uh, I think anyone with any kind of common sense would have known not to do. Personal opinion. Oh, I've got one last one on my list, and this is actually the one that is pissing me off more than any any of the rest of them. And it's, I think it's indicative of our times. California has just passed a bill signed by Gavin Newsom that will reduce the penalties for sex with an underage child. Why? Like, did we need that? The answer is no, by the way. <laughs> no. Well, I, there is a non-extremely publicized but actual real push amongst academia and the psychological community, as much as I like the psychological community in most things, to actually start referring to pedophilia as a sexual orientation. No, it's not. It's a fuck. It. No, it's actually, not. You know, and I, I, I'm uh, actually quite personally very comfortable with the once again joke you see coming across TikTok. Yes, people, I fall down the TikTok rabbit hole on a daily basis. Sean can attest to this. I do, uh, too. Yeah, uh, I like the one where you've got the creepy Halloween people going. You know, if we started hanging the pedophiles from trees now, they would make great Halloween um, decorations. <laughs> <laughs> I am quite in favor of that. I, I don't see any problem with that. You know, like like my 13-year-old cannot consent, no matter what the senator from Texas said 10 years ago. Like, no. No. Like, I, that is not a sexual orientation. What it is is a predator sickness and uh no those people need to be locked up and and uh, 
See, know, and this is that's that's one is, of those ones that I personally think should be, you know, if if you are found guilty of pedophilia or of uh, sex offense against a child, personally, I think you should be thrown away in prison, and that should be life without parole, right there. That that's one of the few of them that I think is that should be just it should be just that simple. Um, you know, we can you can argue death penalty for murderers and all that wonderful stuff. The fact that someone is actually guilty of a sex offense against a child, lock them up, throw away the key, don't look back. Um, you know, wall them up and and hope that no one ever notices that they're there again. And I'm personally and, and if you if you need room for them. Quite frankly, let the people who are there for marijuana offenses out. They didn't do anything violent or nasty to anybody. They simply got stoned. Let those people out. Fill it up with the pedophiles instead. Half the time, the the people who are there for marijuana offenses didn't even get stoned. They just had it on them. They, they weren't even high at the time. They just had it on them. So, no, I, I'm... A, we're so backwards. Like we jail them up for for marijuana, which is not addictive and doesn't now. I, I and give them fifty dollars bail for murder, right? And then be surprised like, when they go out and do it again. What the hell? You know, the stoners weren't hurting anybody. Now they might eat up all your potato chips, but or your popcorn and stuff. But I mean, like. They might drink all the soda you had in the house, but they're not hurting anybody. And generally speaking, when people get high, they stay home. (laughs) (laughs) They they eat a massive amount of snack food. There's probably no cereal left in the house. And then they go to bed for eight, nine hours and sleep like a baby. (laughs) Wake up with no hangover, by the way, and go to work. Okay, those are the stoners or school, or whatever it is, they're not hurting anybody. And if you want to argue that they are hurting somebody, it's only themselves and their memories of what they did the night before. (laughs) So uh, they probably can't find their keys to go anywhere anyway. So it's not like they're not hurting anybody, you know, but but instead we lock those up and give them like super harsh punishments and everything, and then go uh, let the murderers out and the rapists out and the the violent sexual offenders and all the rest of those people they get way it's just it's so backwards and i don't understand like why we can't see any of that and and the politicians just like shrug their shoulders and be like oh i don't know i guess that's the way it is i mean we're the war on drugs failed (laughs) the war on drugs anytime somebody says the war on drugs anytime politicians just add failed after that because it did well, uh, it, 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 it it made the market dangerous, but extremely lucrative. Yeah. Yeah. And they did nothing to help the black community in the 80s. They did nothing to help the, the Latino and white well, community well, in the 90s. Look, anybody who knows me knows that I, I, I don't buy a whole lot of the uh, everything is racist crap. One thing I will say is... That the war on drugs decimated the African American community. No oh, question under the sun on that. That is one of those one. The, the war on drugs is one of the few things that they should be looking up and going, dude, that was racist. Yeah, no, because it completely was. And I mean, the way they handled it, the way they brought the drugs in, 
the way they went after the African-American community, the, the, the way they enforced it. It was entirely of our own. I mean, it was just as shameful as anything that's ever happened to that community. And nobody talks about it. So isn't that weird? Like we're 30 years on from that whole situation. You know, they had to pull themselves out of it, out of the scourge of of that whole time themselves by like you're saying even after being decimated they had to educate and pull themselves out themselves because nobody else helped them once again going back to the genius of dave Chappelle. yeah we went through the crack epidemic we're looking at y'all with the crystal meth going (laughs) (laughs) good luck (laughs) and that's what it is too like the south uh especially the deep south i mean it's a huge scourge uh, the whole crystal meth thing. I mean, like, I think they said in one, and I know, like, the, I'm not trying to be anything here, but, you know, they they said that in Alabama, Mississippi, and I think it's Georgia, one out of three trailer homes is a meth factory. That's how bad it got. So, Damn. Yeah. Yeah. It still is that bad, actually. Uh, and not getting any better. I mean, that's that's how prevalent it is. Like you could leave, and I live in Texas, in a, in a relatively nice place. I mean, it's not the best or anything like that. It's not the worst. It's it's middle class America. I guarantee you, if if you wanted to, you could travel less than twenty minutes from anywhere in Texas and score crystal meth inside of fifteen minutes. Uh, well, where I am, it's not crystal meth. Crystal meth. We we went through the. Uh opioid thing here oh yeah no that was kind of upper class type stuff though that was that was like the gentleman's scourge but it it wasn't completely upper class where i ran into it was primarily when i was working as a bartender i think i'd have to say that at least 85 percent of the staff in there were hooked on percocet oh yeah yeah you know or, or hydrocodone or or any kind of, I mean, there was, there was, I mean, in, in the, for a while there, and I, I know they've done a couple of documentaries about it. They, the doctors were just prescribing this crap like water. You know, you could get hydrocodone or Percocet or, or any of that stuff. Just, just walk in and say, uh, and they give you some, you know, like 90 days worth. Cause they, they were getting perks from the, from the manufacturers and, and they were prescribing this stuff and, and, and people the manufacturers were, were super... swearing to them that this was safe and non-addictive. Now, right. the worst part about it is they, if they just wanted to look around and go, "Dude, look at my look at my patients," uh, they could have done that. But at the same time, they did have the uh, uh, the drug manufacturers just swearing up and down that this stuff was not addictive. Yeah, and <laughs> if, you're see, if you're seeing addictive, was. if you're seeing somebody who's addicted to it, that's an that's aberrant information. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. All of them? Yeah, no, all of them. It's 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 a weird data set. That's all we've got right there. That re- it and, reminds it reminds me of Douglas's Adams Douglas Adams proof that there was nobody in the universe. That the universe is infinitely large, and anything that is infinitely large is also has the possibility of being infinitely small. Therefore, the population is therefore infinitely large and infinitely small. Therefore, there's nobody here. So anybody you're talking to is a figment of your imagination. 
Well, you can argue with his logic, but you can't prove him wrong. <laughs> exactly, and so that, and so that's basically what the that's for all intents and purposes what the the drug manufacturers did with the opioid thing was basically look at somebody and sit there and go, I, uh, oh, I, I'm not saying that you know that there's no possibility, but it's extremely light. If if you're seeing a lot of people, it's it's just aberrant information. You know, cut those people off, but you're you're fine with anybody else. Isn't that amazing though? Isn't that isn't that amazing? You're just like what and people are buying this it's like yep hook line and sinker all the way and and well, but but even then we we saw with the covid vaccination what happens to somebody in the medical community when they ask uncomfortable questions yeah i mean yeah. this is the first time it's been publicized but it, you know with the billions of dollars that are going into the pharmaceutical business uh, you know, they, they do not entertain people who have doubts and questions all that well. Yeah, you're shut down very quickly, very quickly or ostracized or wh- how, whatever they deem will be the best way to silence you. That's the way you're silenced. And uh-huh. that's uh, you, next it, thing you know, you've got articles coming out talking about how you're a quack. You've got people suing you. And, and, and yeah. I'm convinced our government has perfected the art of blaming the victims and false accusations. That is that is truly their mastery, right? Their their bailiwick, their their hidden talent, the one that they keep sheltered from all others, the one that that they cannot let go of is is blaming victims and false accusations because that's what really their their true power is right now, as far as I can tell, or their true weapon is. I cannot remember who it was. It may have been Elizabeth Warren, but I don't want to throw words into anybody's mouth. Uh, so, but at the same time, it, it was recently recorded that one of the uh, the, the senators out there. Oh, what? Oh, oh, never mind. Okay, I thought I lost connection on my Bluetooth earphone. Okay, uh, one fifty. Okay, um, <laughs> I I don't remember whether it was Elizabeth Warren, and I don't want to put words in anybody's mouth, but uh, it was recently stated by someone in the Senate that it was morally incorrect to uh, actually consider working with the other side. Yeah, yeah, and you get Democrats saying that. Uh... The the greatest threat to American democracy is the Republican Party because they're all white supremacists. But the, but you've got the Republican Party saying the same thing about the Democrats. Oh, absolutely. Oh no, it's not one sided. Okay, they're they're both saying that shit about each other. So to me, it's like okay, now I see what's happening here. <laughs> you know, and you have to be on one side or the other. And uh, like, this is why I think we need other parties, like other actual. Other parties. I mean, when when Nancy Pelosi can get on television and say, "Well, isn't that insider trading?" She's like, "Nah, you know, like, <laughs> don't go to Taiwan, Nancy. Like, you're gonna start a war." Nah, I'm going. <laughs> what? I I know it would have been an incident, and I know it would have actually turned out bad. But were you not watching her plane take off from Taiwan, just waiting for the surface air missile? Oh, I'm like, somebody's going to blow it up. It's going to it's it's going to have engine problems like something. Something's going to happen. They're going to have an accidental training exercise and, you know, whatever. It's going to be accidentally be hijacked. 
you know, or, or everybody's going to come out with, or come down with an accidental case of death, you know, from food they served <laughs> on the like something, something. Absolutely. It'll be like that, that uh, North Korean assassination stuff, you know, like somebody will just be walking by and like touch them with some kind of chemical or something. And then like six minutes later, she falls down frothing at the mouth. It'll be like that. You know, I, I was so waiting for that. Well, that's my list for the week. Do you have anything you'd like to add to the list of things pissing us off? Oh, probably, but we'll keep it for next cast. That's a pretty good list. <laughs> uh, did you loving watch, it. Did you watch, listen, read, or anything this week that you would like to share with the audience? Uh, yeah, a couple things. Um, okay, some of this is going to be a little controversial. So... Um, Lightyear, the Disney thing about Buzz Lightyear, uh, the Disney movie. Now, it got terrible, terrible reviews because everybody said it was so woke. And everybody said it was Disney pandering to the rainbow crowd and it was a terrible movie and all that kind of stuff. I watched it last night. And it's not. It's not that bad. It's well, just, it's really. It is one, one gay character. right now that can't win. No. It has one gay character in it. It had nothing to do with Buzz, you know, because everyone's like, they made Buzzgate. No, they didn't. Um, they made one character who you've never met before be gay, and she was married to a woman, and it was on screen for maybe, I don't know, they the, the two, the couple probably had a screen time of less than five minutes. And it's like, um, not sure why that's a big deal and Buzz was cool with it he was like yeah all right you know whatever whatever makes you happy you know and and you know and it was like okay and I was waiting for like all the wokest stuff and all the and there just wasn't any I'm like I'm really well, not seeing the big deal here uh, you know there is a you know significant portion I know it's not in the majority at, at all these days but as much as they would like to make you think that it is, but there is a significant portion of our population in this country that are, hold your breath, homosexuals. Yep. Um, why that, the, you know, our entertainment wouldn't reflect that is something I don't understand. Yeah, and... It... <laughs> And it's not like they made a big deal out of it or they did a big speech about it or something like that. She just oh, quietly see, introduced her wife. You know, see, it's and, like and and, and, and that's the, the way, in, in my own humble opinion, that it, it should be. Um, you know, uh, my daughter and I went and saw the movie Nope. Uh, and I'm ninety nine point nine 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 percent sure that the female lead in that was gay. Yet it wasn't no at no point at any point in time did it she state or make a speech of I'm gay. It was just the fact that she was winking at and hitting on women. Okay, fair enough. Exactly. So w once again, it was basically just this is our population, this is our society. These is the th these people exist along with the rest of us. Uh, hell, some of them exist even you know in our own families, etc. What's the big deal at this point in life if the, if a character happens to be gay? 
Yeah, I just I I didn't really find it to be that, and I don't like like the super woke in your face. This is woke because you need to be woke too. I hate those, but I really just didn't get that from this. I mean, it was it was pretty decent sci-fi. I I didn't mind. I like it was fine. I I didn't. I was re and I was really looking for it. You know, I was like, okay, it's gonna pop out any time now, and it just didn't. And my daughter, like sort of like you, my eldest and I watched it, and she's like, I don't know what everybody's complaining about. This is a pretty decent movie. I'm like, yeah, it wasn't earth chatting or anything, but it was a pretty good movie. I, I thought people should give it a chance. It's free on Disney. If you have Disney Plus, it's free, and I have to have Disney Plus because I have two small girls. <laughs> uh, so I have, I have, have Disney, Disney Plus, Plus because I have a Marvel uh, obsessed daughter. Well, I have Disney Plus because Mandalorian and Boba Fett, <laughs> like that, right there. Um. So I need to feel something. Tell me something's going to make me angry. <laughs> that was better than Mando. Yep, that did it. That did it. Yeah, I'm good now. <laughs> Have you seen the 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 one where it's uh, Mando and Gina Carano walk into the the bar and and uh, it's like the Lego version of it. And Gina Carano says something about Trump and Mickey Mouse and Donald Duck and Goofy come beat the crap out of her, haul her off and fire her. <laughs> And then I would like to to see Mickey Mouse and and Goofy try to beat the shit out of Dina Carano. (laughs) I would pay money to see them try. (laughs) And then Mando walks into the to the to the uh, uh, bounty hunter bar and they're like, what happened to 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 Cara Dune? And he's like, Cara Dune uh, didn't conform to our version (laughs) of what we think is right so she's uh no longer here (laughs) and then the uh the other guy the the black bounty hunter guy he's like well let me tell you about donald trump and he's like mendo like wings over he's like no (laughs) and you just see mickey's ears as a shadow in the corner um it's I was waiting for the wokeness and it's just like I think it's getting a bad rap. Like you're saying, I don't think Disney can win at the moment. Uh, they do have shows that are super woke and they try to put a feminine agenda or, or a rainbow agenda in and everything where it doesn't really go or well, where it doesn't need to be. They are. Did, they do do that. Did you and your but, kids watch Miss Marvel? No. Mm-mm. No, it's it's a good one. I think the only thing that that I disliked about it, as much as everybody was going, oh my god, it's culturally woke. It's kind of like n- no. What it felt like is that it, is that it was something on the CW, but it versus <laughs> on Marvel. I, it, it, let's put it this way: the way that the story flowed, the way that everything went, it, it you would have it would have been right at home in the 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 uh, Arrow universe that they did on the CW. Nice. So it, I, I liked it, Arrow. So, uh, yeah, uh, Stargate Pioneer got me into Arrow. I was like, I don't really want to watch that, but it was really good. Um, I but I I thought it was decent. It was worth a watch. I mean, is it the best sci-fi you're ever going to see? No. Um, also, the other thing that my daughter and I uh, watched and we were pretty addicted to was Street Foods on Netflix. I saw uh, that, they, but I have not watched it. They pick a city and then they don't watch it when you're hungry. You will eat everything yeah, in your house. Hey, hey, I'm a fat guy. That doesn't exist. <laughs> if, like you need to like sit down with dinner and eat street and, and watch street foods because like I, I don't care like what 
or what you've just eaten, like if you're not actively eating while watching street foods, you will go out, you will grab your keys and go out and find food if you do not have any. It is like everything on there looks so damn good. <laughs> and I'm just like, I, I want that. I want that right now. What is that? I, I, I don't even know what the hell that is. What is that? Okay, let's let's have some of that. You know, and like it is. It makes you so hungry, but it's a really good show. My daughter and I, like I said, my eldest and I are like addicted to it. So I, that was really good. So we we spent our uh, our week watching that. Okay. Um, anything else on those? Um. Mm-hmm. Yes, and I I watched. Have you seen um, Greyhound by any chance with uh, Tom Hanks? Oh, yes, I did. And the only thing that made me very, very disappointed with that was the fact that it never hit the theaters. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 austere and it's a bit um, like you, it's it's slow. But naval naval battles in World War Two are slow, right? Like, you know, you got to close, you got to find them, you got to do this stuff. And it's it's basically Tom Hanks is a escort destroyer skipper and he is uh during at the beginning of the american portion of the war so it was when we were sending convoys over to england because england was having a huge amount of problems so we would send supply convoys over to england to help them stay alive and uh it was in the middle of the wolf pack north atlantic the u-boat german u-boats were just sinking everything not nailed down and um there was a black zone between air covers on either side. So the U.S. had air cover zones and England had air cover zones, but everything in between, because you, it's really difficult to see subs from the waterline, uh, even with sonar, it... it if, if, uh, if I remember correctly, that's part of the story, was the fact that this was when sonar was first becoming available and people were still learning how to use it, what they were listening for, how to spoof it, etc. Right. And they didn't have and there was a time where where you would sail between the this is before pocket carriers and and constant air cover, you would sail to uh, across the North Atlantic and your U-boats would just eat your lunch. They would just they would just sink everything. I mean millions and millions of of tons of of shipping were lost and uh like 75,000 seamen and and like like a lot i mean a lot they were very the german u-boats at the at the mid kind of early parts of the war were just so effective uh before they got stuff like the the hedgehog which was a front firing um depth charge basically so they could ping it with the sonar and shoot it before they had to go over it and the sub didn't have time to Look, lose it looks like it looks a lot like the uh the 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 little uh, tabs from um, Battleship. Yes. The game. And uh, it's and they would shoot that out at the front of the ship, and the sub wouldn't have enough time to go down, and, and wouldn't have enough time to evade, and they would blow them up that way. And uh, towards the end of the war, they had pocket carriers, which could kind of uh, go with the fleet and always provide constant air cover. Well, this was before all that, and you had a couple of escort destroyers that were responsible for getting this convoy through U-boat territory. And it was terrifying and exceedingly dangerous. And no matter what they did, they knew they were going to lose some shipping. They knew they were going to lose some. So you had to make decisions like, do we pick up these guys 
or do we go and try and defend another ship that's about to get shot? Do we, which ships do we defend because there's six U-boats and we only have three destroyers and we have very limited ammunition? How do we defend against this? And you're stuck with these U-boats hunting you and following you for days. Well, and it was really well done. Well, the cinematography and the way that they told the story, the way that it was filmed, the way that it was shot, and the way that they did the sound is why I was disappointed I never got a chance to see it in the theaters. What? Because they, it happened, it came out right as COVID hit and the theaters closed. Um, it, it, did you notice the way that they actually portrayed the U-boats in the way they did, they filmed them, the way they made them sound was less like a whale? Like a U- well, yeah. the way I put it was almost like a sea monster. Yeah. And then what they were doing was is trying to convey to the audience the level of fear of these things that you couldn't see coming after you. And they made them monstrous versus just mechanical. And and I as much as I enjoyed watching it at home, I, I think we lost some of that at home versus in the theater. Yeah, I I do appreciate the way that they they portrayed the the u-boats using the the like whale song and and stuff like that is like the the hunted they're hunting you they because they were they were hunting you they're following you they're tracking you they're making sure they attack at the right time they're fainting so that you come out of position and then blow up ships over here and and the thing about it was is a lot of a lot of world war ii movies especially like to portray the germans as stupid Germans were excellent sailors, and and they had an excellent infantry, especially at the early parts of the war. They were professional soldiers and sailors, and the the German U-boat crews were, for what they were doing, absolutely stone-cold professionals and very good at what they did. As with a lot of things, you know, the – the Germans just industrially, even though they had sometimes better technology, industrially they couldn't keep up with the manufacturing of new technology. Yeah, they just didn't have the the raw um, production power. But it's not that their tools were crappy or their soldiers were not good. Now, I mean, you want to go into the war crimes and the SS and you know all that kind of stuff. Absolutely, it's it's. But the the German Navy was absolutely terrifying, especially at the early to mid parts of the war. And it does a really good job of showing you like, this is terrifying. Like there's nothing at a certain point, there's nothing you can do. Somebody's going to die. Your job is to pick who and try and catch them before or as quick as you can. And it's, it's, they do a really good job of showing how demoralizing it is. You know, like there's nothing like we just have to grin and bear it, you know, or, you know, bear down and and get through this because we, you know, if we if we stop, if we if we lose faith or, you know, if we slow down or any of these things, they'll just pick us off. We have to keep moving. We have to keep doing the things that we're going to do to to survive enough. And we know it's sort of like, you know, you're going to take the hit. It was it was a really interesting movie. I saw it uh, this weekend, actually, uh, yesterday. So, um, it, I think it's only on Apple TV, which is That's weird. Correct. My dad, my dad has it. I don't, I refuse to pay Apple for anything. Um, but well, if your dad, uh, is willing to continue to share, um, watch for all mankind. Okay. Uh, it's a take on the space race, but it's kind of an alternate history. What it does, it, there's a general theory that, once we made it to the moon ahead of the Russians, we just kind of went, okay, we won, and closed down the the contest. 
<laughs> Effectively, that's what happened, but yeah. Yeah, so what this does is postulates that the Russians made it there before we did. Nice. So it, it, it's an interesting alternate history concept. Um, but uh, I saw two things. I said, mentioned one of them ahead of time. My daughter and I went and saw the movie Nope, which is the latest um, uh, Jordan Peele movie. Uh, I will say that the movie, for the most part, was very, very entertaining. It did have a lot to build the suspense. I just thought the actual final ending was terrible. <laughs> Uh, and I, I mean, I even liked what they did with originally what the thing in the sky is. But when you get to the final, final reveal of what the thing is, the sky is and the resolution of that. And I won't spoil it for any of our listeners, though. I'll tell you afterwards if you're interested. Um, I just kind of went. That's it. <laughs> really? <laughs> Uh, the other one I saw, which I have to admit, I really enjoyed a hell of a lot more than I thought I was going to. I thought I was going to watch it just because I'm a completist on some of these things. And it turned out to be excellent was the movie Prey on Hulu, which is the prequel to the Predator. I was gonna say, that's the Predator one where the the uh, uh, tribal chick is fighting the way back in the day Predator, right? And it is a hell of a lot better than you think it is. Right. I highly recommend it. Uh, they did a very, very good job of a lot of time. Well, some some of the things with Lightyear, first of all, because of the fact that the protagonist is a woman, there was some fear out there that it was going to be a woke predator. It wasn't. Um, the predator uh, himself uh, is uh, is dealing with a few hundred years even of predator um, technology that he that he doesn't have. Because this obviously takes place a few hundred years before even the uh, uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger version. So even some of the technology that the Predator has isn't up to date as to what you've seen before. Right. Well, you uh, figure it, it, it evolves, you know. It, 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 but it, but the fact that they thought to do that was kind of like, OK, yeah, cool. Um, it, it just it was one of the be- actually it was one of the better Predator movies I've seen. And it was honestly excellent. I highly recommend it. Right on, man. Um, yeah, no. I, as I said, I and and I don't. I anything more I say about it is going to spoil it, and I don't want to do that. So, <laughs> but enough. at the same time, yeah, I will. I will recommend that anybody who has Hulu and has uh, been a fan of the Predator movies to to watch this. It is actually really worth the watch. It is excellently done. The characters are excellent. The portrayals of the, the portrayal of the predator itself is once again excellent. Um, yeah. Uh, oh, and it even did a uh, callback to Predator Two of all things. Not oh, the wow. one I would have thought they would have done a callback to, but uh, <laughs> yeah, they did a callback to Predator Two. Um, so yeah. Uh, anything else? Oh, I think I've ranted on for a little while today, so I think I'm good. Okay, well then, ladies and gentlemen, we will see you next week.